From the headquarters of the Guild of Champions, this is the Chris Terrell Podcast. I am your host, Chris Terrell. And if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds after an entire adulthood of constant yo-yo dieting up, down, up, down, up, down again. My gosh. Finally, I just got sick and tired of that and decided I wanted to lose weight and keep it off. I didn't want to gain it back. I realized it was the gaining it back bit. That's the part I didn't like. I mean, yeah, weight loss sucks, but it really sucks to lose weight only to gain it all back. Eventually, I just started to hate dieting because it just seemed like it always ended in failure. Then one day, something changed. I decided to focus on something different. Now, if you're looking for weight loss advice from somebody that learned this stuff from a book that's never had to do this before, well, you're in the wrong place because here you're going to learn practical, common sense weight loss advice from a daily practitioner of this stuff. Someone that actually does this. Someone that's battled weight and lost a lot before finally making some permanent, lasting, and meaningful changes to my life and I stopped all wasting time hunting around for the quick fix. I stopped looking for, oh, tell me this two changes I'll make that solve all my problems. And I stopped being so naive, realizing that this problem of my weight, I spent decades creating it. And not only that, it was created by lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of tiny little changes that I needed to undo in my life. Now, before I get to the topic this week, I would love to tell you about a couple things that were pretty exciting that happened here. Uh, the first is um, my story was highlighted on Good Morning America, which was so cool. Such a neat thing to see it up on the screen. I, I interviewed with them for an hour. I was so curious the parts that they would cut or, or that they would keep and what parts they would cut from the story. And I absolutely love the, what they decided to include in it. I love that they showed my dad and that they let they highlighted that part of the story. And I'm, I'm putting a link to it in the show notes. So if you want to go watch that segment, you can. It's only two minutes. It's a nice short segment. Um, but I really, really like it. It was, it was a fun, fun experience to do. I've also had a couple of articles written about my story in the last week as well. Um, I'm going to put a link to those in the show notes as well because they actually included some really good insights, uh, some good information that I really, really am glad that they chose to uh, showcase. So you can find all of those in the show notes of this week's podcast. Also, before I get going, I need to invite you to come do something. And if you're not new here, you know exactly what I'm about to invite you to do. And that is to come and join my free Facebook group. I've got a free Facebook group, over 4,000 people in it. It's fantastic. I go live there every Monday morning to kickstart your weight loss week and get you focused, get you centered up. I don't miss them. Even when I'm traveling, I just pull out my phone and do it where I'm at. I'm going to be there every morning to help you keep going on your journey. You can find a link to that in the show notes, or you can go to christerrellcoaching.com, scroll down, you'll find a button where you can click to join the free Facebook group. I'd love to have you in there. So go ahead and give it a click on that, and we'll be sure to approve you and get you into the group. So let's get to the topic this week. Let's not waste any more time. I want to share some of the things I have been doing to maintain my weight. Now, before I do that, I want to explain what I mean by maintaining weight, all right? Maintaining my weight doesn't mean I gain 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. Gain 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. That would be yo-yo dieting. That's not what I'm doing. I don't mean I'm gaining several pounds and then cutting all my food and then losing several pounds. No, that would be yo-yo dieting, even on a micro scale. I'm not yo-yo dieting. I am maintaining my weight. 
With the exception of this spring and early summer when I decided to add a little bit of muscle a muscle mass, which I've finished cutting the excess fat off from that, um, from that bulk, um, I have not gained any weight. So I have gained three pounds, um, and I am very happy with that. I'm quite happy to let it stay there, and um, I don't know if I'm going to do a bulk again anytime soon. I did not much enjoy that process, actually. That wasn't wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't fun. Um, and I think it's because I, I like running. Maybe one day I'll change my mind and I'll feel differently. But right now, this is how I feel. So beyond that, I digress. I have not gained any weight back. And it's not been it's not been hard, but it has certainly been something that took a lot of effort. Like it took conscious conscious effort to be exerted. As it compares to weight loss, weight maintenance is, is just a walk in the park by comparison mechanically. Psychologically, on the other hand, uh, actually weight maintenance was was a lot. I was surprised at how difficult it was for me mentally uh, the first year of maintaining my weight loss, uh, what that did for me. And I wanted to um, share with you seven things that I do. There, there's more than this, and I'm not going to have time to go in detail into all of these. And I fully anticipate that I will do a weight loss or sorry, weight maintenance course at some point, because that's something I just don't, I don't really see people do, you know, cause like we spend all this effort losing the weight, but then the entire weight loss industry just forgets about you. And it's like, well, you're on your own problem solved. Hope you figured your shit out. We'll see you again in a year. Once you gain the weight back, because think about it, does Weight Watchers actually care if you lose the weight and keep it off, do they actually want you to do that? No. Does Noom want you to lose the weight and keep it off? No. Does Optavia want you to lose the weight and keep it off? No. Because they make money on helping you lose weight. That's it. Now, look, trust me, the irony of what I'm saying here is not lost on me. I also earn a living by helping people lose weight. But my goal is to do it different. I'm coming into this with the expectation that one day you won't need me anymore. One day you will move past Chris Terrell and you'll move on to something else. That's the expectation. My expectation is that you fire me. Maybe not to my face, but you know, you'll just drift away because you're like, I have gotten everything I needed to get. And I'm done. I've lost the weight. I've been keeping it off. And I'm ready to move on to bigger and better and things beyond the weight loss. That's what I want for you. And so... That's why I'm making episodes like this, because I want to help you along on your journey past Chris Terrell, past your weight loss, what comes on the other side. So let's tell, let me tell you about the seven things I do to maintain my weight loss. And I'm going to start with the most important one, the singular most important thing that if I did not do this, everything else would be moot. Nothing else would matter if I didn't do this one thing. This one thing is the keystone. It's the linchpin. It's the cornerstone. It is the piece that if it is not in place, if I'm not doing it, the entire maintenance strategy crumbles, falls apart, and I would have gained weight back. No question. No doubt about it. And I have had to continue to work on this since losing my weight, and I'm working on it to this day day and I anticipate a year from now I'll be working on it still and that is learning and becoming proficient to the point that it is automatic of eating when I'm hungry and stopping when I'm not that's it that is the number one most important thing I do because I have zero interest 
in counting calories for the rest of my life. I'm going to be honest. That seems dumb. Why would I want to do that? That seems miserable. I have tracked for long periods of time and had great success with it. And you know what? Even when it's going smooth, it is still harder than not tracking. Okay, the reason why a lot of people don't track is because it's hard. It takes effort. It adds steps to eating. And at a certain point, you're just not going to want to do it. And I don't want you to do it. But what are you going to do instead? You got to do something. And so what I did is I focused on eating when I'm hungry and stop eating when I'm not hungry. Let's take today for an example. I woke up this morning and I'm laying there in bed. And normally I'm not hungry when I first wake up. That's pretty normal. Uh, but I noticed like not only was I not hungry, the thought of food was a little like, oh, I just don't think I want anything. And I get up out of bed. And the first thing I do every time I get out of bed is I'm like, okay, check in body. Are we feeling peckish? Is the hunger showing up? And if it hasn't shown up, then I'm like, all right, we'll move on. Now, usually it shows up. But then this morning I get up, I'm out of bed. I've been out of bed for about five minutes. I'm like, no, no, I'm not hungry at all. I mean, really? Body? Come on, check with me. Let's go do something for a couple minutes. So I go, I start getting ready for my day, and I'm like, no, I'm still not hungry. Now, normally, every day, I have a packet of protein oatmeal with a regular packet of oatmeal and one little small tablespoon of powdered peanut butter in it. It's just my absolute favorite breakfast ever. I There's lots of other breakfasts I like, but I just always come back to this one. It's that perfect balance of convenience and easy to make while giving me some fiber and protein. It's filling and it tastes really good. And I can be getting food into my belly in just as long as it takes for my electric kettle to heat up, which, by the way, that's the cheat code for uh, instant oatmeal. It's a kettle. So if you don't have a kettle, get a kettle. It's awesome. Anyway, so I coming out of my bedroom and I'm like, I am just the teeny tiniest, itty bitty, slightest bit of hungry, but honestly, it's more of my stomach's empty than anything else. So I thought, you know what? Grab a protein shake because I do have protein targets. If I don't hit it, like I'll get too far behind. So I'm like, grab a premier protein shake. It's 100, what is that? 170 calories and 30 grams of protein. Grab that, drink it on the way. And so I just grabbed it and I just sipped it on the way to work. I thought, I mean, I'm not hungry. I don't need to guzzle it. So I'll just, I'll just sip it on the way. And, uh, that's it. You know, normally I'd be hungry at around uh, 930, 10 o'clock, 930, 10 o'clock showed up. I'm like, no, not that hungry. So I had a little coffee and I'm moving on. I probably won't eat till lunch. I still haven't gotten super hungry. And here's the cool thing. This doesn't make this isn't a surprise because I ate a little heavier last night for dinner. I felt a little hungrier, so I ate a little bit more. And of course, as a cascade effect, the next day, I'm not quite as hungry because my body's like, hey, we got all we need. Now, I'm giving it the protein because, of again, with my training plan, I need to hit that. So that's number one. Number two, I monitor my steps every day. I have been monitoring my steps now for years. It's not hard. It really isn't. You just wear a fitness tracker. And here's the cool thing about it. Make your fitness tracker one you really like. Have other reasons. I don't wear my Garmin because I want to track steps. I wear my Garmin because I want to watch and I also have the this Garmin because I want to know when does the sun set because I do pay attention to that with running. I need a Garmin that is going to track my runs for me so I can have all my metric, my data automatically logged because I don't want to do it by hand. I just want to have that. Oh, and coincidentally, it tracks my steps. I want to get alerts on my wrist for when things are going off. All of those reasons are why I want the fitness tracker. 
and it tracks my steps. So all I had to do was just move my steps to the homepage of my watch. So every time I look at my watch, I can see my steps. I'm looking at it all day, every day, as well as the time. Just as I need to know where I'm at schedule-wise with time, I need to know where I'm at with my steps. So if I'm too far behind, I go deal with it. I work it into my schedule. I strive to get between seven and 10,000 steps a day every day. My goal is to have a 10,000 step rolling average. Sometimes that goal is 7,000 steps as a rolling average. Sometimes that goal is honestly as high as 14 or 15,000. It depends on what's going on in my life at that time. But monitoring my steps has been a key to managing my weight because it's one metric that I can use to make sure my calories out aren't dipping without me noticing. The next thing I do is I observe my weight. Now, I use the word observe on purpose because I'm not making changes. I'm just observing what my weight does. I weigh infrequently whenever I want. I do like to do my morning weigh-in before I've you know, had any food and after I've gone to the bathroom with no clothes on, just like you. I mean, I do that too. But I also will just weigh myself at 2 o'clock with my clothes on after I've eaten. Why not? Why not? Why can't I see that? I know it's going to weigh higher. I am perfectly capable of in my head going, logic dictates that I'm going to weigh more now with my clothes on than I would this morning without my clothes on. Like, so I'm not going to be a bonehead and get mad at myself because, oh no, it went up three pounds because I've got my clothes. Like, I know this. All right. I'm just watching. I'm just watching. That's it. I'm just observing my weight. I've been observing my weight now for years. Just hop on there and take a look. I have a response plan. If I hit a certain weight, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get into that in this episode. I've covered it in some others. But if my weight hits a certain number, I'll react accordingly. But I'm just watching. And I don't respond quickly. I respond after a couple of weeks. I respond if a trend is becoming troublesome. Because little spikes and dips here and there, they're meaningless. They don't matter. I'm interested in the trend. And i got to observe that. But the thing I actually pay attention to more is how do my clothes fit? That is actually more important to me now than what the scale says because the scale can go up and my clothes fit looser. Well, WTF, what's up with that? Bodies be weird, y'all. So you'll start to realize as time progresses, if you start just observing your weight all the time, you'll start to see that it can go up in numbers and you are smaller and it can go down in numbers and you are bigger. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. I have had the scale go down and my shirt fits a little bit tighter. So... Because all it does is tell you how heavy you are. It doesn't tell you what you're made up of. And no, your scale with the sensors is not that accurate. I promise. It's not. It really, really isn't. You did not get an $80 scale that is capable of being as accurate as a $1,500 scale. All right? It is not that accurate on the short term for little tiny numbers. Fine on a macro level. Trend it out over time. Totally fine for that. But I observe how my clothes fit. So if my clothes were to get a little snug... Well, I just pay attention to my hunger a little bit more. Maybe be a little bit hungry some and just sort of drift it down. That's it. Maybe I'll have a lighter lunch for a week. I'll just cut things out. Every meal that I have, I have a high-calorie version, a normal standard version, and a low-calorie version where I just add and remove things to it. Like, let's say I'm making a sandwich. Well, the high-calorie version might include two slices of cheese as well, some other things too. And the low calorie version might include just one slice of cheese, right? Like I just make little tiny changes like that. But if I make a bunch of little changes like that across the board, that will reduce food intake will result in me going down. So paying attention to how my clothes fit makes a big difference and really helps. Now, before I continue with uh, five, six, and seven, I would love to invite you to come and join the guild. 
The Guild is my weight loss community. It is full of amazing champions that are seeking to obtain the body and life of their dreams. I call it the Guild of Champions. Now, if you're interested in it, I'm not going to make some big pitch about it right now. I just want to tease it. If you are looking for next level support, if you're looking to get a lot of information, if you're looking to have a community of like-minded people that you can interact with, if you're looking to interact with me on small-scale live Zoom meetings, I do multiple live Zoom meetings every week. And you can get to talk. I have Marco Polo groups that I am active in. You can get to, we can talk there. You can talk to each other. It's phenomenal. You can find a link to that in the show notes, or you can navigate to theguildofchampions.com. Theguildofchampions.com. All right, number five, um, have exercise goals and working on them. That has been a constant when I was losing weight, and that has never stopped. Having exercise goals is important. Because exercise will help you maintain weight. Exercise will not help you lose weight the way you think it does. All right, from a calorie standpoint, exercise does not burn enough calories to make enough of a difference. However, from a maintenance standpoint, tracking calories 100%, or not tracking calories, um, exercising 100% makes a difference. Totally makes a difference in the maintenance side of things. And I always, at all times, have a goal and I'm working towards it and I am tracking progress in a way that makes sense. So right now in this very moment, as of recording this, July 20th, 2023, my goal is I am striving to get to a sub 25 minute 5K. I wanna run uh, a 5K in under 25 minutes. I've only been able to get to 25 minutes in eight seconds, so I'm not far off, and so I'm training to do that. And I just have a running schedule that I'm sticking to-ish, but my main thing that I'm tracking each and every single week is that I need to get a certain amount of intense exercise minutes every week, 250 minutes a week. I can slice and dice them however I please, but I need to make sure I get those every single week. And let me tell you, some weeks it's tough. Some weeks it's tough. Some weeks I am, I occasionally don't make it. I usually get it. But every now and then I am slipping by by the skin of my teeth Sunday. Yeah, because my, my week starts on Monday, the way I do things. And I have to track that. So again, on my watch, I can see right now I'm at 125 minutes. It's on the top left corner of my watch. I can just see exactly how many minutes I'm at for the week. So just as I'm monitoring my steps, just as I monitor the time, just as I monitor the schedule, I monitor my exercise um, minutes for the week. When I had an Apple Watch, I made sure I closed my move ring. I might have certain exercise minutes I might do then as well. But it is important that I have exercise goals, that I'm working on them, and that I am tracking progress. Number seven, I prioritize protein and fiber. That started when I was losing weight. That ain't never stopped because I've just noticed everything's better with plenty of protein and fiber. Uh, I get fuller. Uh, I don't need to eat near as much because I feel full. Uh, my, my digestion works a lot better. Uh, recovery is a lot better because of all the protein. Protein and fiber is sort of like that secret cheat code. It, it doesn't like magically make weight loss work all of a sudden. Like you, you can't do it and not everything else. But if you're doing everything else and you're watching your protein and fiber, you'll quickly see that protein and fiber is just a game changer. And it's easy. I just sort of monitor about how much I want to get. I generally don't track exact grams every day. I don't do that. Um, I do periodically. Periodically, I will just go, today I'm just going to track how many grams of protein did I get in. The reason why I'm doing that is I'm trying to see, am I intuitively choosing or making choices that result in me getting my target uh, for protein? 
And so I'm usually striving to get between 160 and 200 every day as just sort of my default way of doing things. It's not as hard as you think, uh, but I do have to pay attention to make it happen. Like, let's take this morning. I had that protein shake, even though I wasn't super hungry, you know, really wasn't hungry at all, but I knew I needed the protein because I'll get too far behind in my day if I don't get it, because I, you, I don't want to take in 150 grams of protein in a meal. I really prefer to spread that out. And then the last thing I do that is probably second, I bookended this with the, uh, the, the second most important one outside of the hunger. And this one's real. This one's real. And it's an indirect benefit. It's not something that like directly shows up on the scale right away. It's something that as you do it, it results indirectly over time, the scale cooperating, my body cooperating. And that is I aggressively remove stressors from my life or I just let it go and learn to live with it and be happy. You know, because some stressors, they can just be removed. Like my, my lawnmower broke. And where I live in the South, it's, it's turning into a jungle and we've been getting a lot of rain and my backyard got like two feet tall. It got away from me while I was trying to fix the mower and it just turned into a whole thing. And I go to get my mom's riding mower and I could do the front yard, but the fence isn't wide enough to drive it into the back. And so I drive it back or take, take it back home to my mom's and I'm like, maybe I could take the fence apart. And then it starts raining again. Now, I'm supposed to be traveling to go out of town on vacation, and this is really stressing me out. This yard getting out of control is stressing me out. Until finally, I'm like, you know what? I got to fix this. So I just said, Candace, I'm, I'm doing this tonight. So I went and just got the drill, and I just started taking the fence off. I'm like, I don't know what's coming next. I ain't got a clue how I'm going to do this, but the fence has got to come off. So I'm like, don't let the dog out. The fence is going to be off. Don't know when it's going back up. And so I go, and I take it off. I get down to two screws, and they're stripped as hell. I can't get them out. So I'm like, ah. So I call my brother. I'm like, man, you got a reciprocating saw and a blade that'll cut metal. Like, I'm like, I got one in my storage unit, but you're closer. He's like, yeah, come on over. So I go get it, come back, go to do it. And I didn't think to check the teeth. And they were basically just round nubs. They weren't ready to cut metal and all. I was like, gosh. So I had to run to Home Depot, buy a blade, come back to cut two screws. Now it's getting dark. I'm running to my mom's house to grab the trailer and the mower, and I get it back. I'm mowing in the dark. Well, it was light when I started, but it was getting dark when I was done. And, you know, it was a bunch of work there for like two hours. And you know what? I felt so much better. I slept great that night knowing that was done. That was a relief off of me by just aggressively going after that source of stress in my life, just making the decision to do something about it. And But there's other times there's stressors in my life and there's nothing I can do about it, nothing I'm willing to do about it right now. So I just tell myself, stop being stressed about it. Let it go. Because one of the things I had to do to really help me with number seven of aggressively cutting out stress or letting it go, the letting it go part, I had to, remi- I had to learn a very valuable lesson. And that is worrying isn't necessary. You don't need to worry. I used to believe that worrying about something, you you worry about things that are important. So if you don't worry, that means you don't think it's important. And, And honestly, I never actually thought that. It's just a lot of people in my life thought that and they imposed that belief on me. And so they're like, why aren't you more stressed out about this? Do you not find this very important? I'd be like, no, I find it super important. Well, why aren't you stressed out about it? Because I'm like, because... Because there's nothing I can do about it right now. Like, literally, right now, there's no action I can take on it. So, like, why do I need to stress? Because it's important, and if it doesn't get done, I'm like, well, it, 
it will get done. I have more faith in my future self than that. Like, I don't need to hang on to this worry so and then only let it go once I do something about it. I used to think, because I was conditioned into thinking this way, that my job, when something is not done, something is stressing me out, I have to begin to worry about it, and then I have to carry this worry with me until the reason for worry is gone. Okay, that's fine, but what happens when you can't do anything about it? And then you add another worry, and another worry, and another worry. Before you know it, I'm a big, gigantic worry ward. I mean, I'm just worrying about everything because there's lots of important things in life that I can't do anything about right now. And I realized one of the ways I coped with worrying was eating. I would create this feeling of worry within myself and I needed to soothe it in some way so I would eat or I would distract myself with a TV show or movie. I would try to weirdly use some other thing to let me let go of the worry, but in a way where I was almost compelled to. So when I stopped watching the thing, the worry was sitting there waiting for me. I had to learn how to just channel my inner Elsa and just let it go and just be done with it. And then when it's time to do something about it, when it's action time, when it's decision time, take action or make a decision in the moment. And until that moment comes, I'm just going to let it go. Yes, this did, in fact, help me maintain my weight and still does to this day. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We've had a lot of new listeners come join us after the news thing. So for those of you that found me due to the news article, um, super glad that you did and that you're here. Now, I want you listening to know something that's very, very important. And that is this. You are a strong and as capable as any other human on this planet. You can do hard things. It is a fact. It is a truth. Now, you may not know it, and maybe you do, but let me talk for a moment to those of you that don't know this yet. You're on the journey of life, going to regularly be faced with very challenging, very difficult situations. And sometimes you're not going to know what to do. And so you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel worry. You're going to be doubtful of what's going to happen. And this can be very scary. And in this doubt, it can drift into self-doubt. And you can begin to wonder, maybe I can't handle it. Maybe I'm not strong enough. And if you're not careful, that wonder might turn into statements. Maybe I'm not strong enough to, I'm not strong enough. And if you're not careful, I'm not strong enough can turn into, there's nothing I can do. This is unfixable. This is hopeless. If you're not careful, you can find yourself there. So always remember that you're a champion, that you are courageous, even if you've forgotten how to tap into that side of you. And they use the word courageous on purpose because a courageous champion feels fear. They feel it. It's there. It's present. And they act in spite of the fact that they feel the fear. I used to look at people that took action back when I was held captive by fear. 
And I used to look at them and think, they must not be fearful, have fear at all. They must be fearless. That's why they can do it. And because I have fear, I cannot. But I've learned that it is in fact, they have the fear just as much as I do, but they have chosen to act anyway. And when I decided to do it too, to feel fear and act anyway, over time, I began to realize that I am a champion and that I can do hard things. Whatever I set my mind to, if I'm willing to pay the price, I can do it. And if I create the desire by attaching a strong why, well, then I'll endure whatever how is required to get to where I want to go. Find a why. Why do you want to be thin, healthy, and happy? Why? Why is it worth the hassle, the trouble of losing weight? of changing how you think, of approaching old problems in a new way. Why, 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 why are you gonna do it? You need to know that answer. Go have a great week on your weight loss journey. I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast. Go conquer a challenge.